0: Good morning, everyone. It's great to see you. I encourage you to take a second, look around, make some eye contact with somebody. You're at church this morning. Man, we're here to worship God. I know there's a, a lot of things going on in life. There's a lot of different challenges and things. And I appreciate what, what Lena said in the beginning is um, there is a spirit of, okay, we'll, we'll check your worries at the door. And I, 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 I agree to that to some degree, but I also think, bring your worries with you this is the place to have them this is the the group to be around when you're wrestling and struggling and especially to bring it before god together we're gonna be looking at the good shepherd today i'm excited to to study this out and to dig into this and maybe you think we're gonna look at john chapter 10 we're gonna get there eventually but if you want to open your bibles with me to ezekiel 34. We're going to start in Ezekiel 34. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to look at the scriptures together. God, we love you so much. We thank you for the reminder that you are our good shepherd, that you're not just a shepherd. You're the best shepherd, that you know the condition of our souls, that you look to lead us through darkness and through challenges. You look to help us grow and mature and to become ultimately who it was that you designed us to become father i pray for this time together right now that you softened our hearts help us be receptive to what it is that you want us to hear i thank you for the reminder within your church of who you are god we love you we pray this in your son's name amen yesterday i was over in uh, in montclair i was getting some groceries and as i'm checking out uh, i saw a very good shepherd her name is desiree cooper and I'm checking it out as someone goes Matt, and I turn. I go Des, good to see you. And just like a shepherd, she's leading her flock of teenage women right behind her. And you see Sheel and the different girls and Lydia, and uh, we're talking for a little bit. But it was just kind of cool seeing Desiree with her girls because you know they're hanging out on a Saturday night. There's nothing better than than friends being together, especially uh, when it's in a spiritual context, celebrating someone's birthday. But we're gonna be talking about being a good shepherd and. I emphasize the word good here because Jesus himself doesn't just call himself a shepherd at times. He says, I am the good shepherd, differentiating the reality that there are bad shepherds. There are good shepherds and there are bad shepherds. And so eventually we're going to get to John chapter 10, but I think it would help us understanding the context here, right? In John chapter 10, where we know the famous scripture, I am uh, the Good Shepherd, I have come to give you life and life to the full. Maybe that was one of the first verses that you learned as a young Christian. But the context that we read is always so important. It brings our two-dimensional scriptures at times, 3D, 4D, VR, Apple Vision Pro. It brings you right there into the scripture. And so in John chapter 9, Jesus Heals a blind man. He spits in some mud, rubs it on his eyes, tells him to go to the pool of Siloam, washes. And then the Pharisees come forward. And the Pharisees start asking some questions. And then they ask more questions. And then they ask the same questions. And eventually they just don't want to hear what the man has to say. So they get the parents in. The parents are like, don't talk to us, talk to my son. And when the son starts explaining where the healing came from, the Pharisees wanted nothing to do with it. Essentially, they were gatekeeping what was allowed and not allowed in the kingdom of God. They started explaining away when miracles happened. This doesn't fit our paradigm, so we don't like this. And in John chapter 10, Jesus shows up and starts talking about how he is the good shepherd. He starts making some references to Palestinian sheep farming. This would have been a common metaphor at the time, where it talks about the gate, talks about the shepherds, and it talks about the flock. To our non-Jewish, non-first century minds, this would have been, uh, this is very random. There's no, like, queuing in that he's talking about shepherding. He just begins talking about how he is the good shepherd. But to a Jewish mind that would have heard this, they would have instantly recalled Ezekiel 34. And let's look there together. This is a bit of an intense passage, but Jesus isn't afraid of being intense. You know, I'll just say this. I removed all the black words. If your Bible has the black words and the red words, I removed all the black words from the Bible. Don't... It's not hypocritical, I promise, but like I removed all those words. Just look at what did Jesus say in the Gospel of John? And I was amazed how confrontational Jesus was. I was amazed how he wasn't afraid of holding punches at times and saying tough things. And so when he turns to Ezekiel 34 and references this as he says he's the good shepherd, this is an intense passage, but it's important that we look at this together. In in chapter 34, verse 1, it says, The word of the Lord came to me, this is Ezekiel, and he says, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to you, shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, you clothe yourselves with the wool, and you slaughter the choice animals but you do not take care of the flock you have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured you have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost you have ruled them harshly and brutally so they have scattered because there was no shepherd and when they were scattered they became food for the wild animals my sheep wandered over the mountains and on every hill they were scattered over the whole earth and no one searched or looked for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord. Because my flock lacks a shepherd, and has so been plundered, and has become food for all the wild animals. And because my shepherds did not search for my flock, but cared for themselves rather than for my flock, therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord, this is what the sovereign lord says i am against the shepherds and i will hold them accountable for my flock i will remove them from tending the flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves i will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will no longer be food for them verse 11 for this is what the sovereign lord says i myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered on a day of cloud and darkness. I will bring them from the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel in the ravines and the settlements of the land. I will tend them in good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. For the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. You know, we read this passage, and G- God is making the point to the Israelites saying, you who are supposed to be shepherds have neglected your flock. You're not taking care of your people. You're binding additional burdens on their shoulders. You are you're gleaning from them the benefits without any cost to yourself. This is wicked. I will shepherd my people instead. And it's in that vein that Jesus comes forward, just as God said hundreds of years before Jesus walked on the scene. He said, I am the good shepherd. I have seen my people wandering. I have seen my people hurting. And I will bring them back. I will heal them. I will restore them. And if you've been around the church for a while, you've heard this lesson in in many different versions and John chapter 10 is a familiar passage, but often we look at it through, we're supposed to be shepherds for others. But the reality is that we're just sheep. We are the ones, we, we, you might, you know, think about before you were a follower of Jesus, maybe it's not the Pharisees, but the reality is that we are sheep before we submit to Jesus as our shepherd. We all have shepherds regardless of who it is. It might be Jesus, but it might also be the culture around us is shepherding us and guiding us through our lives. Maybe it's the world, maybe our own desires are our shepherds. But the reality is that they are terrible shepherds. When when we are led by ourselves or anything other than Jesus, We are neglected. We wander with no regard for our safety. We're just another number, and whatever happens to you, no one really cared anyway. Injury was probable, and death was inevitable. And in Matthew chapter 9, when Jesus looks out to the crowd, and he sees them harassed and helpless, what does he say? He sees them like sheep without a shepherd. They had shepherds, but their shepherds neglected them and did not take care of them. And God saw it, and it broke his heart and said, I'm going to step in. I'm going to take care of my sheep. I'm going to take care of you. You know, this morning, wherever we're at in our journey, in our spirit, Jesus is saying, I want to shepherd you. I wanna care for you. He goes on and he says 12 times, I will. I will search and look after you. I will rescue you from all the places. I will bring you out and bring you home. I will take care of you and make you lie down. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. You ever been there? I will bind you up when injured. I will strengthen you when you are weak. I will shepherd you with justice. I will guard, I will guide, I will nurture you. Now, brothers and sisters and friends, this morning, we have an amazing good shepherd who knows you individually, who knows when things are struggling and you start straying and you start wrestling. He doesn't just say, well, there goes another one. He goes, I'm going to go get her back. He pursues you. He wants you, he loves you. And it's so important when we think about all the efforts we try to make as a disciple, as followers of Jesus, that there is someone striving to pursue you more than you are for him. He is crazy about you. He loves you so incredibly much. It's important this morning that we remember the good shepherd not just a shepherd but the good shepherd now that's the qualities of the good shepherd i want to talk a little bit go and turn over to john chapter 10 the qualities of a sheep you know if you know the shepherd and you're under the umbrella of the shepherd there's a couple of things that identify you as his sheep right I am my mother's child, you know my mom, you begin to know me better, right? I fall under her household at times, right? If you know Jesus and him as the good shepherd, there's a couple of qualities that we see in scripture that begin to define, well, this is what his sheep look like. And so as we are shepherded by God and he is our good shepherd, there's a couple of cool qualities in John chapter 10 that point out if you are in his flock, If you were in his pen, this is what it looks like for us. Or this is what it can look like for us. And go with me to John chapter 10. We're passing around a little bit. You guys with me? In John chapter 10, my my hope here is just to encourage the socks off of you. I hope this, Ezekiel is an intense scripture. But I'm trying to make the point that, man, Jesus is the good shepherd who shepherds and loves you. When the shepherds of the world neglect and let us down. Jesus is the answer that we turn to. And so in John chapter 10, verse four through five, qualities of a sheep, qualities of us. If we allow Jesus to be our shepherd, this is what it can look like for us. In verses four through five, it says the sheep, Jesus says, the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought them, and he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never, they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Quality of the sheep of the good shepherd is that as sheep, we know the voice of Jesus. We are familiar with the voice of Jesus. We are are, are attuned to the voice of Jesus. Now that might sound like, yeah, duh, but so often other voices slip into our minds. Other things we start hearing and we start latching onto as our reality. And then if you step back and go, man, that voice doesn't belong to God. That's not my shepherd's voice. As followers of him, we must be familiar with his voice and what he says and what he thinks. About a month ago, I uh, I don't know if I shared this already, but I, I had a bit of, I'm 28, maybe call it a quarter life crisis. Sorry for those who are 50, like you're just, good try, man, you know, but I'm 25, I was, I'm 28 now, and I'm, I'm sitting down, and I did something that, that really hurt Brielle, and we talked about it, and I apologized, and she forgave me, but a few days went by, and, and there was something kind of nagging within me that there's a lot of shame and guilt still existed in, in my heart and in my mind. And so I go up to Brielle and I go, Brielle, I got to be honest with you. Do you forgive me? She's like, yes, Matt, I forgive you. It's like, do you want me to feel shame and guilt? She's like, no, <laughs> I love you. I've forgiven you. Let's move on. And so I go, okay, so if you don't want me to feel shame and guilt, clearly God doesn't want me he, he's just he looks at me like a child. He's like, "Oh, you fell down, get back up. I love you, boy. Let's keep going." If that's God's voice, and that's Brielle's voice, where is this voice of guilt and shame and 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 burden? Where is that coming from? Right? I'm gonna be honest with you guys this morning. This is gonna sound ugly. But as I started evaluating myself and where that voice came from, I realize that there has been a shadow identity that i've held in my life that I, I i shape almost everything i do against this shadow identity and it's it's the idea of the shoulds this is what i should be doing right i look at myself and again this is gonna sound ugly and you can rebuke me later but i've had thoughts like i am the gift to the icoc i am the gift to a generation We are going, I am going to, you guys know Sean Wooten, I am the next Sean Wooten, right? I am the best campus minister that there has ever been, right? I mean, of all the husbands, I am the husband. I am him, right? I will teach your marriage retreat. Of all the fathers to be, I'm not even a dad yet, but I'm going to be the best dad, all right some of you are shaking your head i see it i see you never had that thought right but here's the reality when things go well when i when we have a good semester in the campus ministry or i add a comment in a meeting that ooh, that sounded good i like that there's a pat on my back that says see look at you you're doing it you are who you think you are but when i hurt my wife When I am lazy or selfish or someone dare correct me, I disproportionately feel hurt and guilt and shame. And the reality is that I have attuned my life to the voice of an identity that is not Jesus's. And so what was so refreshing as I'm thinking more and more about this is, you know what, that identity is worth nothing. That, is, that was made up by me. That has no grounding in scripture. And I had an identity crisis. I go, if that's not who I am, then who am I? And praise God that we follow Jesus because those answers were quickly filled. I did not come to be served, but to serve. I am a servant in every room that I walk in, period. Love never fails, and God is love. So my identity everywhere I go ought to be love. I am forgiven, and I make mistakes, and therefore I walk in grace, and when I fall down, the righteous man gets back up, and we get back up. Praise God for the church, for the Bible, for the Bible studies, because over the last few years, I've been able to learn and attune to the frequency of Jesus' voice. The sheep of the Good Shepherd know what Jesus is saying. They're familiar with him. The self-talk is the talk of Jesus to yourself. And we allow him to speak and shepherd us. The sheep, they run from danger. A second quality of the good sheep of the good shepherd is that they run from danger. In John 14, verses 15, uh, John 10, 14 through 15, it says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. The good shepherd steps forward and takes the brunt of the conflict. The good shepherd steps forward and takes the danger. The good shepherd steps forward and takes the consequences of your sin. Now, how dumb would it be if a wolf showed up to the flock, the shepherd goes over and starts beating up the wolf, starts, you know, getting bit by the wolf, and then the sheep goes over and is like, what's going on over here? How are you guys doing? Running towards danger. The shepherd takes the danger so that the sheep can run from it. In 1 Peter chapter 2, 24-25, this is often what we look at after we look at the cross together with people. And in verse 24, it says, He himself bore our sins in his bodies on the cross, so that, that phrase is so important. It's a purpose statement. In the Greek, it's the Hina clause. It's the, this is why he did this clause. He bore his sins on his bodies, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. Jesus stepped forward and took the danger so that we knew which direction to run. As followers of Jesus, when Jesus takes the the brunt and the consequences of our sin we are freed to run the opposite direction we die to sin and live for righteousness you know, the word die there that, that that that's that's a hard word you put your sin to death you put that thing to sleep it is done so it is gone not I'm gonna try and not do that anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna try and be better in that area. It's like, no, I'm serious about putting this thing to death. You know, as we're following Jesus, the good shepherd who takes the, the consequences for our sins and the danger that approaches us, we decide, I'm not gonna play games anymore with my sin. I, if i'm struggling with x y and z i'm going to set up barriers so that i don't in, go in indulge in those things anymore i'm going to practice openness and confession when i'm angry and lash out i'm not going to treat that as a minor thing i'm going to be open about it cuz i need help cuz the good shepherd has taken the consequences of sin not so that i can keep running towards the danger but so that i can run away from it and lastly the good shepherd with his sheep, quality of the sheep, is that the sheep of Jesus have life to the full. And John stands saying the thief only comes, comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. What an amazing scripture. That I may have life and have life abundantly, right? you look at Psalm 23, a very famous shepherding passage, I will make them lie down in in green pasture. I will lead them beside quiet waters. I will restore their soul. I will pour oil on their heads. I will sit them at the, the table of their enemy. The life that God wants to give you is a life of fullness, a life where peace that surpasses understanding is acceptable, is available to you. You know, as you're going through the crazy things of life, the shepherd doesn't say, hey, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna you know, make sure that you don't go through hard times. Instead, the shepherd says, we're gonna go and walk a long distance over high hills and difficult places, but I'm gonna take care of you. You are gonna be protected. I'm gonna give you life and peace to the most fullest extent, joy like a fountain. It's the mindset that as a follower of Jesus, I have enough. I am enough. I don't wanna go into a tirade about this, but I've been struggling recently with the price of homes around us. I'm like, dude, I don't know if I'm ever gonna be able to own a home. And I've been wrestling with the reality of that in Northern New Jersey and property taxes, we get an amen if property taxes stink. Man, whether it's too, sorry for the realtors in here. (laughs) Uh, So sorry. Talk to Ray Clark. He's amazing. Um, But the reality was whether I own a home or not, whether I've got a big bank account or not, whether I have this or that or not, I am content no matter the circumstances. First Timothy chapter 6, right? godliness with contentment is great gain church you have all you need right now to have enough you are all you need to be right now to be enough for god and so if you if that doesn't mark you right now which I don't know, two hours ago, but that might not have marked me. And six hours from now, that still might not mark me. But if that doesn't mark you right now, you may want to check which shepherd you are following. Now, more than ever, because we don't live in an isolated, silo world of just Christians who love each other, and even sometimes within our little community, there's conflict. But we're all day long in our office places, in the school pickup line, at you know, the mall, wherever it is, we are crossing paths with sheep that have different shepherds. And if you're not careful, you might find yourself walking through a group of sheep, and as the sheep diverge, the shepherds diverge, you're following a totally different shepherd. Time goes along and, 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 and guilt and sh- whatever the things, things sink in. And you look up and you go, wait, who is leading me right now? This is not my shepherd. If you're feeling like, man, my soul is not where it wants to be right now. Look to the shepherd who you are following. Who is it that you are following? And I got good news for you. If you are not following the good shepherd, the good shepherd knows it, and he's coming for you. <laughs> he knows where you are, and he's not far from you. He's not distant. Instead, he's going, Wait, dude, where, where is that, that guy? Where is that girl? Let's go over the hills and through the woods, past grandma's house. Like, Let's go find her or find him and bring him back home to me. Life to the full, not an easy life, not a life that's devoid of pain, but life to the full is for those who follow Jesus. It categorizes who we are. We're going to come in for a landing here. I didn't write anything else. Let's pray. (laughs) There's our landing. (laughs) Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, god how cool is it that you pursue us how cool is it that we get to live following you and through the mountains and through the valleys and through the storms of life that are inevitable through the sheep that we cross paths with who are not quite yet following you lord we get to come back and be centered on you always help us focus on you king jesus i pray for each person in this room that they experience and this week sometimes it's just a week by week experience but this week that you help them have peace that surpasses understanding that despite the challenges that you help them experience joy like a fountain that flows through and in them god help us be attuned to your voice help us not be like the uh the the, the opponents of jesus who are ever hearing but never perceiving, ever seeing but never understanding. Lord, help us see you and hear your voice. We love you, God. In your son's name we pray. Amen.